Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to a special message from Bishop James Stark during the pastoral installation service at Greater Faith. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Coming to this pulpit here tonight uh, is my father in the gospel. This is Bishop Stark. Some of you may know him. Some of you may not know him. Uh, But Bishop, who was my pastor before Pastor Jimmy became my pastor, uh, has walked with our family through high times, through low times, and he has guided us. He's been a steady voice. He's been a rock of faith uh, in our lives, and we are so honored and so blessed that he is here tonight. Uh, He will be an umbrella of apostolic authority and covering, hallelujah, for the greater faith family. Oh, praise God. I'm telling you, there's a shift that's happening here tonight. Come on, if you got any kind of a spiritual pulse, uh, you should be able to discern that something's happening. Let me tell you, hell uh, is terrified of what is happening here tonight uh, because the spirit world that he set up uh, is in confusion uh, and it's in disarray uh, because there's an invasion uh, of an apostolic army uh, that has marched into this territory, uh, believing, declaring, uh, and reaching for the revival that God has promised and ordained for this hour. Praise God. Amen. Oh, Brother Hammond, you better quit. Hallelujah. I'm supposed to hand this microphone over. Amen. Bishop Stark, I love you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Would you preach to us and share what the Lord has put on your heart? To God be the glory. Great things he has done. And is doing. For thine is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Forever. And ever. And ever. Hallelujah. It is my privilege and honor to be here this evening to join with the Greater Faith Apostolic Church family as we together acknowledge the hand of God's favor on this storied congregation. This church is an apostolic landmark in southeastern Ohio. From the very earliest days of Brother York's very unique ministry, in Ironton, in Lawrence County, and across the river in Kentucky. This church has made an apostolic impact in this area. And what has happened in the past will continue in the future, and it will multiply. It will multiply. And um, 
got a long ways to go and short time to get there. But it is my privilege to be here tonight with Pastor Vinny, Sister Jen, Ashley, Aubrey, and Hudson for this notable occasion. I'm reading from 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 1. 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the suffering of Christ, also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. You're not here as a spectator or an advisor. God has sent you here to take the oversight of his flock in this local assembly. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear. Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Lord Jesus, your presence is powerfully evident in this house right now. And I ask you, Lord, that you will let your anointing come upon me to preach your anointed word to your precious people for this occasion in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Whoever's running the uh, video, someone emailed a graphic that would be my title screen to some place. And so it's either here or out in the ether trying to connect with here. And if you find it, use it. And if you don't, my subject tonight is God's will, God's man, and God's church. God's will, God's man, God's church. Same God who brought this church through the storms of the past will bring you through every storm of your future. My sources state that Brother Roosevelt York held the first apostolic services in Ironton in 1934. The first building was dedicated in 1936. So that means that for 89 years, God's been preserving his church. And for every one of those years, God's had a man. And it is God's will for his church and his man to uh, prosper and thrive, and do the work whereunto he has called the church and the leadership of the church. About six months ago, the members of this congregation ratified God's choice to call Brother Azzalini and his family to Ironton to guide, direct, and shepherd this congregation. Call it a church because the New Testament identifies the local congregation as the church. We also recognize that the corporate body of apostolic believers 
makes up the church and we are all part of that larger body of believers and so that's why we've made ourselves at home here tonight. We felt something when we walked in and even though we may have never been here for a service before, my spirit identified with what I felt when I came into this house tonight. And so whether you like it or not, welcome to our family. This church owes a debt of gratitude, and I would be remiss if I did not publicly recognize the faithful and diligent work of the Board of Trustees of Greater Faith who stepped up in a time of crisis almost a year ago and did their best to provide leadership when you were without a pastor. And to each of you on the Board of Trustees, I want to personally thank you for allowing me to meet with you on February the 28th. 2023 to discuss your future and how the Ohio District could help, could assist you and support you in a pastoral search. That was the first time I had met any of you, and it was also the first time that you met the man who is now your pastor. Now let me be honest. I had a method that night when I asked him to be my driver. He asked me about a month or so ago, he said, did you have any idea? I said, well, now that it's all history, I'll admit to you, I had an idea. <laughs> but he is my administrative assistant for district business, and when I needed a driver on my way to the sectional conference up in uh, Nelsonville, I just asked him if he would come along, and he did, and we were sitting back in that room back in the corner, and the Holy Ghost moved into that place. There were, what, five, six of us maybe, and uh, the Holy Ghost came in, and I felt somebody tap my ankle, and Pastor Vinny said, could I say something? And he began to prophesy what God was going to do in Ironton. And before we left to go north to Nelsonville, you all decided you wanted him to come and preach to this church. And the rest, as they say, is history. Let there be no doubt in anyone's mind we are not here tonight by accident or by any sort of strategic manipulation. We are here by divine appointment to affirm our agreement to the manifest will of God for this congregation. Choosing a pastor is not a popularity contest. It is not a best preacher contest. And it is not a hire the best manager question. While it is important that a pastor have the favor of the people, it is important that he be an accomplished preacher of the word. And it is always a blessing when the pastor is also diligent in business but I've known of churches that had to settle for one out of three or two out of three. Well, that was not in my notes, but if you want to preach that, you're welcome to it. Greater faith, you did not settle when God called Pastor Azzolini to this church and to this city. 
I know the man who we will install as the pastor of this church in just a few moments. I know his wife. I know his children. I knew him when, his, when life had handed him disappointment, heartache, and pain. And I watched him dig his way out of what would have destroyed lesser men. I was there the night Sister Jen received the Holy Ghost. I married them. I bounced Ashley on my knee when she was a toddler and she fell asleep on my lap at our kitchen table many, many, many times. I dedicated Aubrey and Hudson to the Lord. And I will repeat what several other folks have said by way of video and in person. God must have really loved Ironton and seen a future in it in this church greater than any of you have ever imagined in order to send this chosen vessel and his family to lead, guide, guard, and project you into the future that is beyond your imagination. So why Ironton? Several people have asked me why the Azzolini family would come to Ironton. Why didn't he go to a larger church in a big city? with a large metro metropolis. Those folks must think that a man decides to be a pastor and then decides where he's going to pastor. Now, to be sure, I've met some folks who did it that way. But that's not how God does things. Why, Ironton, an Ohio River Valley town in Appalachia, not much major industry here, not a booming economy, not a well-known vacation destination, no beaches, no theme parks, not a shopping destination unless Walmart qualifies. Maybe it's the weather. The average U.S. city has 205 days of sunshine every year. Ironton, 164. So it's not the weather. Pastor Azzolini, you and your family are here because God called you here. And places are important to God. Location, location, location. It's important to God. Abram, lever of the Chaldees, where am I going? I'll show you. Later, try renting a U-Haul too. I'll show you later. Lot had to choose between leaving Sodom or losing his family. And when he tried to negotiate a third option, he lost it all. Moses had to move from his parents' house in Goshen to Pharaoh's palace. So God even cares about which house you live in. Moses couldn't have gotten to where God wanted to take him from, from the shelter of the tribe of Levi and his parents' household. Places are important to God. Jeremiah, I have a word for you, but you can't get it till you go to the potter's house. And there you'll hear my word. 
No, it's not good enough to just be willing to work for the Lord. You can't just decide on your own where you want to work for the Lord. God will choose where he can best use your gifting, your talents, and your abilities. Any city in any state in any country is not good enough for God for you. You know, believe me, ask Jonah. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh because God knew there was a revival waiting in Nineveh. And I have notes in my Bible tonight from the late Bishop Billy Cole who said, the reason I see what I see is because God tells me what he's going to do, where he's going to do it, and when, and I just show up. And so you, sir, have showed up where God has a plan for revival like this church, this city, this region has never seen before. That's why you're here. Jonah decided he'd rather go to Tarsus. But God said Nineveh and what God says and what you do is very important to what God can trust you with and do through you. God told Philip to go to Samaria. Now that worked real well. Great revival and then he told him to go to the desert. These things only work if you absolutely trust the God of this book. And if you trust him, you can take whatever word he gives you and you can go as far as you need to go and do whatever you need to do. God told Paul to go to Corinth in Acts 18. He also told him no one would hurt him. And then God said, and I have much people in this city, and so let me uh, appropriate Paul's promise. Nobody's going to hurt you here. You're not going to lose your family here. It may be the drug capital of southern Ohio, but God is going to protect you. He'll protect your family. Because he has much people in this city. So, location does matter to God, and Ironton is your God-appointed location. So how how's come he gets to be pastor? There were others who were interested in the office that was open here. Well, maybe he has someone pulling strings for him. He does. But if you're carnal, you've never met him. There are some people who believe that pastoral selection is wholly a function of democracy and action. They believe that you're here simply because you happen to receive more votes in a church business meeting than any other name presented that day. And on a strictly carnal basis, you would be technically correct if you believed that. 
But let me help you understand the spiritual side of that very carnal calculation. During the Apostle Paul's journey from his hearing before King Agrippa to Festus in Festus court in Caesarea to stand before Caesar in Rome, he was placed in the custody of a centurion named Julius. Part of this journey was by ship, and Acts 27 gives the gory details of the trip. They were sailing a wind-powered ship in the wrong season for sailing. And after a good deal of time for the journey had passed, after the ideal time for the journey had passed, finally after many days of slow sailing, they came to a place called Fair Havens, and after staying there for much time, the writer says, when it was now dangerous to proceed with their journey, Paul advised them to delay their journey. The man of God said, it would be better for us just to stay here for a while, but the more part. They counted hands or ballots or noses or something and they figured out the majority decided that they would not obey the man of God but they'd do what they, want, what they wanted to do themselves. And let me just help anyone here who has an idea that maybe listening to the man of God is old-fashioned or somehow out of style. Let me help you with something. You need to hear the voice of the man of God and you need to heed what he says. Paul's warning to them sounded a little like this. I believe this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only to the lading or our cargo and to the ship, but also to our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Some people are too logical to understand how God could possibly tell a rather unimpressive man about things for which he had no formal training or for professional expertise. So exactly where did you get your pilot's license, Paul? Well, I don't know how to run your boat, but I do know that your boat's about to run aground if you don't hear the voice of the Lord. And nobody came here tonight to try to tell you how to run your life. We're here to help you avoid the shoals and the danger that can come when God says, just slow down a little bit. But the more part advised, you know, they took a vote. And the majority ruled and then right on cue, that south blowing soft wind began to ratify their decision to ignore what the man of God said. I can hear him in the parking lot now. Look at this. This doesn't feel like too bad to me. It's warmer than it's been for several days and feel that soft breeze blowing. 
But let me remind you, that soft southern breeze can turn into your Rockladon in absolutely seconds. Be careful. I've seen those soft southern breezes turn on a dime. And all of a sudden... Somebody's calling the pastor's phone saying, can you help me? Can you pray? Why don't you just let him help you when God speaks before you get in the storm? Instead of having to send a rescue mission to get you out of the storm. Verse 18 says they were exceedingly tossed with a tempest. Anybody ever been in one of those exceedingly tossed? I'm not blaming you for getting there, but how many people know what it feels like when you're just not sure what the next moment is going to hold and you're rocking from one side to the other and you're hanging on to everything you can hang on to and pleading for the daylight to come? Anybody ready to listen to the man of God just yet? But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth. I can't blame him for keeping quiet for a long time. I know exactly how he must have felt. You do your best to help people. And sometimes you just think, I'm done. I'm not saying anything else. But then the prophet said it was like fire shut up in my bones. And you get to the pulpit and you begin to preach and the anointing comes on you and you just can't hold your peace any longer. And he said, sirs, he started out real nice. Sirs. You should have hearkened unto me. In other words, I told you so. Not to have loosed from Crete and have gained this harm and loss. But now I exhort you, be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Here's the word from the Lord. Nobody's going to die in this storm. Maybe you've never seen it so bad before. Maybe the pain, the suffering, the anguish, the uh, question is worse than you've ever seen before. But I've got a word from the Lord. There is a, there is a man on the boat who God sent to Ironton and nobody's going to die in this storm. It's going to be all right. How do you know, Paul? All right, the carnal, fee, the, the carnal folks need to go get a drink right now because they'd never, they'd never understand this. How do you know it's going to be all right? This night there stood by me an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. And he said, fear not, Paul. God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You better not make this journey without a man of God who sails with you. Don't you go off on your own and do your own thing. I know. 
been times it seemed like the church wasn't going to survive. There have been people who have written the obituary for this church a time or two. But you just file that one away. We don't, we didn't need it then. We're not gonna need it right now. This church is not to, about to die. We're not gonna bury it. This church is going forward. This church is going, is going where God has ordained for it to go. Mm. And then for all the folks who think the only thing the pastor wants you to do is fast and pray. Wherefore, take some meat. There's a time to fast and pray and there's a time to feast and believe. And this church has both in its future. The man of God will call you to fast and when he does you better fast. And he will also call you to feast and when he he does it's time to feast. This church is a healthy body that God has put together in this region for his glory. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. And then he began to break bread and give thanks, and they all started to feel better. They were still in the storm, but they started to feel better because they had a word from the Lord. And so whatever storm is going on in your life, I encourage you, I bring you a word of encouragement It's going to be all right. The storm might still be here, but you have a pilot you have a captain on the on the deck of this ship and God is going to give him a word angels will show up There will be angels walk the, 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 the aisles of this church. Some of you will feel them. Some of you may see them. But they will be here. And they will speak to the man of God. This church is in for a great ride. Now pastoral installation is a little bit like a marriage covenant between the pastor and the saints. And I've addressed the pastor's responsibility, the saint's responsibility. Now let's talk about how we relate to and respond to the pastor. But before you decide what you think about the pastor, let's see what God has to say about pastors. In the Old Testament, the pastor was referred to as a shepherd. We can relate to that. Shepherds are deemed to be mild and meek and unoffensive. Jesus used this analogy in his teaching, but it gets better. In the book of the Revelation, God refers to the pastor as the angel of the church. He also calls them stars. And so for all the folks who thought we had some kind of this mad fascination with stardom, we do. I'm just trying to be one of those stars that he holds in his hand 
and be the angel to the church. And when you understand what God thinks about pastors, then that gives you an idea of how you're supposed to feel about the man that God has called to shepherd your soul. Revelation 2, we find God holds the pastor and the church accountable, the pastor of the church accountable for what's delivered to the saints under his leadership. So, Pastor, notice carefully that God holds you accountable for what is delivered over this pulpit. For this reason, it is absolutely vital the pastor of the church not endorse anyone to speak or have teaching role or role of influence whose doctrine is not thoroughly vetted and approved according to the Scripture. There was... um, one of the ladies in one of those seven churches, her name was Jezebel. And God said, I gave her space to repent. Now that should make us all understand the importance of protecting the pulpit because they had allowed this Jezebel woman to have authority in the church. When we stand, when people stand before the congregation to minister, God reserves the final authority to approve or disapprove their lives, their words, and their works. And so God pronounced a judgment on this woman Jezebel who the pastor had given license to speak with his authority and exert influence over the congregation. And so uh, what everyone must understand is it's not that we don't like certain people and it's not that we're trying to keep certain people from having a ministry. Oh, by all means, we want you to have a ministry. But we want your ministry to be approved uh, by the principles and precepts of the Word of God. So it is the duty of the angel of the assembly to carefully guard the message proclaimed verbally or expressed by presentation or or appearance from the platform. We cannot whimsically distribute pulpit opportunities to people whose lives, works, and words we cannot ratify and completely approve by Scripture. Now, some people think that pulpit time should be shared like cookies at Christmas. But, Pastor, you must guard this holy place because when the congregation sees that you've put your approval on it to be on the platform, then they assume that they can model their lives after what they see. And that's why this is a holy place. Everyone should aspire to be able to be used here, but everyone is not 
qualified to be used here. So let's just be real careful about who we put on the platform or who we put in a place of influence. And in this church, that is your responsibility, Pastor. Isn't it fun to be a pastor? When you're a pastor, you get to tell people no, whether they like it or not. And so, I want to thank the family member who said there may be people who would appreciate it if you didn't preach an hour tonight. And so, I'm about finished. So you can thank the family who influenced the preacher. I see pastors here tonight. Kentucky District Board is represented. The Ohio District Board is represented. I see ministers who are here. Do you have any idea what happened in the spirit world when you drove into Ironton? I just want you to understand something. The spirit world felt a shift when we all got together here tonight. And the gates of hell, which shall not prevail against the church, are just wondering where we're going to go next. What we're going to do next. Because we have license and authority in the name of Jesus to bind and to loose. And that's why unity is so important to God for all of us to speak the same thing, all of us to believe the same thing, all of us to understand the same thing, all of us to have the same set of values, all of us to believe the same book and preach the same message. That doesn't mean we're carbon copies of each other. Oh, there's individuality in the church. I could tell you some stories about some characters who I have known in the past 71 years of my journey. See, I grew up only about 25 miles from the Ohio River, a little farther north. And there were some eccentric people who came to church. There were some folks who were downright weird. But there were also some folks who had powerful anointing. I never could understand how this treasure could be deposited in such a variety of earthen vessels. And when the service is over, thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever. 
And so, Pastor, First Lady, would you come and bring your family and stand right here in the front of this building? Aubrey and Bailey. I'm sorry, Ashley and Bailey. You're qualified. Bailey, we gave you a special pass about a year ago to join the family. It was called a marriage license. <laughs> oh. I know you made your dad's day, but you made my day too. I'm so glad you're Jen, I remember that Sunday night. You're standing over there on the left side by the pillar. Watched God totally change your life. Had no idea what you were getting into. But Neither did Fenning. <laughs> Aubrey, I'm a queen. Hudson, God has given you the privilege to have a ringside seat on the miracle that's about to unfold in Lawrence County. Highly favored and blessed. And don't ever let anyone convince you otherwise, no matter what happens. I would like for the pastors who are assembled here to come and stand behind the Azzolini family. Um, Just move this way, please, now. Like for the licensed ministers who have come to come and stand with us. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come and is when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned to fables but watch thou 
in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. I want to tell you about a fellow named Alexander. He was a coppersmith. He did me much evil. He and his family live someplace. He's got relatives in Lawrence County. The Lord reward him according to his works. Whom be thou ware also. For he hath greatly withstood our words. And at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it might not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, Alexander and all his relatives and friends, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that my, by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles in Lawrence County Across the river, a little north end of Jackson County, west toward Portsmouth and east toward Chesapeake, that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me and he'll deliver you from every evil work and will preserve you unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That is your responsibility and that is your charge. And as your father in the gospel, I have full confidence that you will fulfill what God has sent you to this church to accomplish. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.